0: Hey, everyone. I'm Chad Grills, the CEO and founder of Mission.org, and welcome to Investing Week here on Mission Daily. Thanks for listening, and today's episode is brought to you by us at Mission.org. If you're not getting our newsletter yet, you need to. It's incredible. It's curated with love, kindness, and care by our incredible team here at the Mission. Sign up at Mission.org, and we'll see you on the inside.
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Mission Daily. This is Stephanie Postles, and I'm joined by Chad Grills, as always. And today, it's episode two of our investing week. So episode one, we were talking about investing in yourself. And episode two, we were talking about investing in your family and friends and going off the book that Chad just read, The Outsiders, covering the five ways to deploy capital and how to tie that into your family and friends' investment strategy. So, Chad... Yes. I'm excited to start this episode.
0: Me too. First, I have to tell you a story.
1: Okay, let's hear it.
0: So I was given a talk at the Coast Guard Academy back in the day. I was there. <laughs> ethics and leadership and morality in, uh, in business and the business world. And we got to the Q&A portion and somebody was asking some questions and a student asked, raised his hand and was like, uh, excuse me, sir, I, I think uh, I wanted to ask if... Uh, are you saying we should treat our uh, family and friends and spouse relationships like a business?
1: <laughs> he actually did kind of sound <laughs> like that.
0: I was like, "Yes, yes, I am." There were a lot of mortified looks in the uh, in the audience, and f- some older people were there. I think and, I heard and a and gasp looked,
1: <gasps> from a woman behind me. I was like, "Lady." Definitely. And uh,
0: the thing is, though, a lot of people have had horrible experiences in business, and they've had they've had a lot of pain around money, and that's apparent based on their reactions to that it's not a callous thing. It's not something I I do because I'm a a greedy capitalist. I don't even consider myself a capitalist. I think communism and capitalism are two stupid ideas that they're basically these uh, caricatures of the current situation, which is infinitely more complex than two labels created by politicians and economics, know nothings. Those labels aren't going to lead you to wisdom. You have to assess each situation in a new light with the surrounding context, with all variables considered. So anyways, back to to the story. When you're thinking about your friends and your family, the more you can treat those like a business in the sense of you're keeping tallies on, are you bringing your best self? Are you making people laugh? Are you listening? Are you making them smile? Are you telling stories from the past that mean a lot to you? Are you saying like, hey, when you did this, that was really special? That's what I mean. I really mean that you have to have some system for measuring and managing. So there's the Peter Drucker quote, what gets measured gets managed, and it's no different in your family and and friend's life. And I mean, I do this because I can tend to be like any any human. You can tend to be too needy. You can tend to be too selfish sometimes. And by having this mindset, it forces me to think, okay, am I creating value in their life or am I just always in a bad mood when they interact with me, when they talk with me. So this is really a challenge and a call to action to think about what type of value are you bringing to other people? Because sometimes when we're suffering, the easy answer is to ask for support from others. And one of the quickest ways to get out of a negative mindset, a slump when you're stuck, is to start giving. Start giving freely to others because your time might not be infinite, but the feelings of love and connection that you can create can transcend time in a unique way. That is your opportunity and your swing at creating immortal relationships that last just forever. And that's that's the game plan here.
1: Nice. yeah, I think what's really nice too about treating relationships like a business is because a lot of times you can do one nice thing for a family member and you just think, well, I just did this. And until you actually stop and think about it, and realize, oh, wait, that was like six months ago. That was yeah. a year ago. You don't yeah. really realize how there hasn't been, you know, you haven't really had much effort over the past week, two weeks, month to really build that relationship and set up those goals of like, here's the nice things that I wanna do. Here are the things that I wanna start giving over the next couple months. Time lapses and you don't even realize it. So I love the idea of auditing what you're doing, your efforts that you have, and treating it like, I want this to be successful. How do I get it there? So, yeah. To dive into the five ways to deploy capital, what's the first one?
0: So this is from The Outsiders, where at the start of the book, the author outlines the five ways that CEOs, five choices that they have at their disposal to effectively deploy capital. And we want to translate each of these into personal speak. And what that's going to do is that's going to allow you to have a time-tested and a proven, these are all proven And now you can apply these in your own life. So it's basically like taking strategies from a professional pursuit and a professional league where the stakes and the caliber of people are incredibly, incredibly high. And you get to apply those in your own life. Not many people are thinking like this. You would never learn this at business school. And that's why business school is worthless. And (laughs) so here they are. This is a quote from the book. Basically, CEOs have five essential choices for deploying capital investing in existing operations. That's number one. Acquiring other businesses. That's number two. Issuing dividends is number three. Paying down debt, repurchasing stock. And oh, wait, sorry. Paying down debt. That's number four. And then number five is repurchasing stock, which is when you repurchase stock, you have three ways to do that. You can tap internal cash flow. You can issue debt or you can raise equity. And these are your options for allocating capital. So when we when we say capital, we mean money, but we also mean time. We mean resources, we mean your skills, we mean the composite of how you interact and create more in the world. More could be emotions, it could be the higher emotions of love, you could inspire someone, you could motivate someone to do the thing that they have been talking about for years. That's, that's a, a way that you could more effectively deploy capital in your friends and family relationships. So let's jump in and, and run down the five options here and uh, give people some ideas of how they can invest into their friends and family in a new way.
1: All right. So the first one, investing in existing operations. So when I hear this, I'm thinking current activities, adventures, vacations, traditions, things that you're already doing in your life and it's going well and doing even more of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So doubling down on what's working is easy to overlook. We are hardwired to seek out novel solutions and we're hardwired to think that, well, we have to make things really complex sometimes. And then other times people fall into a trap of thinking, oh, I just need to simplify things until I'm only doing one thing. It's all about that one thing. And the reality is the middle path is usually a much better idea. So analyze how you invest your time and your money right now? Do you go out with your friends to happy hour on Thursday night? Maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe if you think back to the successes and the best investments or highest job offers that you got, or the largest bonuses maybe, or the biggest deals you've closed in your business that you work for or that you own, maybe those all came about based on like that Thursday happy hour. Maybe that is the best place that you've found to invest your time right now. Conversely, maybe something simple like sending out a monthly email to all of the people that you're interested in building a relationship with or maintaining it or growing it. Maybe you found that checking up with people periodically once a month has sparked those brand new connections or those those coffee meetings that have left you feeling recharged. Maybe it's a hike. Maybe you get your best ideas on a hike. And maybe some of the best friendships that you have in your life are the start of asking somebody. Hey, do you want to go on a hike this weekend? So just think really really objectively about where have all the returns come from? Have they come from you cold emailing people and asking them to meet, meet up, hang out, talk? And if so, what have you talked about? And then think, okay, do I need to do I want to double down and uh, get to know this person even deeper or do I want to meet somebody else? Do I want to bring in someone new to to my life to my friends and my family circle? And oftentimes we do this stuff in our friends relationships, but we think it's, we, we feel weird. We have a bunch of psychological barriers when it comes to doing this with our family. So it's really hard to think like, okay, do I want to schedule time out to catch up with this, this family member? Like I haven't talked to them in a while. It might be weird. They might think I want something like, uh, what do I do? So I, I would say when in doubt here, run more experiments, but when you find something that's working, do more of it.
1: Yep, I think a lot of times too, we're on autopilot. So when it comes to figuring out what are those existing operations, you might not even realize what you're doing every single day throughout the week or every weekend or something like that, that maybe you want to stop and think, is this working? Is this what I want to invest more in? Or maybe you don't even realize you're doing it and you might actually want to stop and replace it with another activity that you want to double down on. But I think it's a really good practice to stop and look at what are you doing each week or each Thursday if you're doing the happy hour and Is it giving you the returns and the friendships that you want? And how can you do more of that? How can you, you know, set up even more ways to dive deeper into that Thursday happy hour? Maybe you can hang out with one single person from that happy hour afterwards. Maybe you can say, Hey, like I really like this person. Let's go on a hike afterwards. But yeah, I love the idea of figure out the existing operations in your life today and which ones do you want to do more of?
0: The happy hour example is fun because for instance, you can because many people hear that and they're like, Oh, you can't, you don't want to drink, you don't want to do anything. Like, but before the happy hour maybe you could go to yoga with someone that you're going to the happy hour with maybe that can be a way you deepen the relationship and it, there's a lot of fear associated around asking people to you know hang out or do something in the modern day and age people have a lot of options and that can be terrifying when you invite somebody to do something with you and then invite them again people think oh man this is this person obsessed with me or something maybe they just really want to be friends and don't be afraid to be that person that puts themselves out there and put yourself at risk of being perceived as needy, as obsessive. It doesn't matter at all. What matters is what type of relationships are you going to build and how deep are the connections with people that you do have? And you'll many, find
1: the right people when you yeah, do that.
0: Definitely. And I mean, many people think that they have friends, but sadly, you know, do you really have somebody in your life that you could call day or night? No questions asked. They're there. They're ready to help out. If you need money, do you have anybody in your life that's going to wire you money instantly? If not, maybe you want to change your definition of what being friends means. That's up to you. And finally, are you doing any type of like family traditions right now? Are you going on vacation? Uh, Another place to invest might be getting a larger beach house for everyone. If you go to the beach each year, maybe you've stayed in hotels in the past. Maybe you want to think about renting a big house on Airbnb and inviting somebody new, maybe somebody from the extended family. You want to bring them in. And that's the type of thing that you have to have. You have to have things that you look forward to and start thinking about how do you expand them? How do you make those bigger and better?
1: Love it. All right. So the second way to deploy capital from the Outsiders book is acquiring other businesses. So how do you tie this into friends and family, like investing in friends and family, acquiring other businesses?
0: Yeah. So, you can, when you start to invest into friends and family, I guess the equivalent there might be to invest into skills that are high demand, or you can invest into shared things with friends and family. So, go together on a trip, go together on a high ticket item. That everyone can enjoy together. that's that's the best way. So you know before we, we mentioned getting a bigger and better house for your uh, vacation retreats or whatever the case is, that's a great example of you're acquiring something that is, um, you know it's expensive, it's not necessarily an asset, but it it is something where you're going to get a return. and that return is a bit intangible, but it's a deeper relationship. And that deeper relationship is something that does provide, equity. It does provide a lot of value over time. So the more you can invest in shared activities where you both have an incentive to show up, become better and deepen your relationship, that's the type of stuff we're talking about. So maybe it's getting a massage with a friend. That's actually the equivalent of investing into a almost like a business with your friend, with your the person you know, because you're both getting something out of it. You're investing into your biology together. It's a shared experience. So you could do that with yoga. You could do that with a class. Many different things. Or you could actually acquire a business. You yeah, could, I was just gonna uh, say get you together. could literally
1: help someone with their business if your family, your friends are starting something, investing some money, investing some time to show your support, and or fully getting involved with them on a project that you care about. I think is a great way to build those relationships and also maybe find something new and interesting you like just by devoting a piece of your time and a piece of your money if you have Definitely. you know a little extra. I mean, how far did it go when we've had friends and family come out of the woodwork to say, oh, you guys need a little like capital right now? No worries. Here you go. Oh, you know, thinking of a couple of my friends who have helped out at the mission and just, hey, you guys need someone to help do this? Sure. Oh, don't worry about paying me. Like, I just want to help for fun. I mean, how far did that go feeling that level of support from our surrounding family and friends? Oh, it's
0: incredible. You'll remember those relationships and remember those things forever. So I think too, with like acquiring businesses, there are so many things now that you can acquire with friends for little to no money. So, you know, if you do want to start a business, though, it requires significant investment upfront. But whether that's acquiring the things to do portable cryo treatments with your friends and you start a business where you travel around and give portable cryo treatments, like the opportunities are endless here. And it's up to you to get together with the right people and start to do these collaborative efforts. Maybe. You want to get together with your family and start to sell some of your creations on Etsy. Maybe there's the the one craft person that's always doing something and always making great work, but scared to put their stuff out there, scared to, you know, explore making money with or it. Or maybe
1: you want to volunteer. Maybe you want to do something for social good. You want to go to the, you know, the local like kind of like humane society and walk dogs or be around the cats or, you know, anything you want or give food to the homeless. I view that as a way too, is like you are kind of acquiring a business, as in your time together and you're finding your tribe of people and putting them together, organizing the effort and being kind of the spearhead of that effort and bringing everyone to the location.
0: You're investing in improving your surroundings, your local city. You're making things better for everyone there, which in turn allows them to do more. Absolutely. Great example. So number three is issuing dividends. So what is the equivalent of issuing dividends? This is, I got to contest this point. This is, I would not recommend issuing dividends as a CEO. That just means you've run out of ideas to invest capital. But anyways, in your own life, you can invest dividends in friends and family by giving back to them. And so we talked about experiences, but how can you get together and kind of like give back in a way? What can you do to give back? So start to think about what type of interactions or guidance or training or advice or encouragement have you provided in the past to people that has really moved the needle? And I'm not necessarily against this, but I do think it's something that is, it's a trap that many people fall into where they always want to give, 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 give. And that's a trap you can never get out of if you do too much of that. It can be very tempting, but it's very important to make sure that your giving is being reciprocated in some way. It's it's great to give freely. It is great to give with no expectation of return many times. But if you always do that, wow, it's going to be really hard to ever accomplish anything meaningful over the long term.
1: Yeah. And I'm thinking too, with issuing dividends, I'm thinking of if there's someone in your life who constantly steps up to help out with something, that's the kind of thing where thank you so much for doing this for me. I recognize that. And like, here's something I want to give to you. To show you that i really recognize that i mean i think that's the kind of experiences i have all the time whether it's you doing the simple acts or th- you know throughout the house that they get to a point where i don't even like notice them i'm just used to you know chad does this around the house and i do this thank you <laughs> you're welcome but how nice would it be to be like i recognize that you do all these tasks that i've never touched before and here's something i want to give to you i, I want to do a lot don't i <laughs> okay let's not cut <laughs> too far here i do just as equally as much all right but anyways <laughs> Like, wouldn't it be so nice for me to come back and say, here's something I want to send you, you know, to whatever, a cryotherapy. I'm trying to think of something that you want to do. Send you off the coast to go, uh, what is it? Like cage diving with the the sharks. Yeah.
0: Off the coast (laughs) of Fallon Island. Yeah. If if anybody's a mission super fan that wants to come with me and do that, let me know.
1: Yeah, seriously. But yeah, how nice would it be to be like, I appreciate you doing this. It's kind of like you invested into our company, Mm -hmm. which is our family. And I'm going to give you the dividend of wanting to give you a break to go do this because I recognize you. So I love that idea. All right. On to number four, paying down debt.
0: So relationship debt is something that creeps up. If you have listened to a lot of Mission Daily podcast episodes before, which I hope you have, and you're subscribed to the show, which I really hope you are. Tap subscribe, please. And you know that we talk a lot about technical debt. And in business, there's going to be all kinds of different debt where Occasionally, you just have to let things go. You don't have the time to get to them, or maybe you make a mistake and you've acquired some type of debt. That means like there's some type of problem that has started to compound over time that you need to solve because in the future, it could really put something at risk. And this is no different in friends and family relationships. If you neglect these relationships, you're going to acquire a certain amount of debt where if you ever want to get to a place where you can collaborate effectively together, you're gonna have to pay down that debt basically. So think about, okay, how many sacrifices have I asked my spouse to make? And like this is something personally that, you know, I had asked way too much from you. And it got it reached a tipping point where it was clear I had relationship debt with you that I had to solve. I had to figure out how am I going to tip the scales and make it back to a place where there's equity, where I can you know, say, okay, I really need to take this weekend off and just go read or just go to this course or go to this training. And it's tough to do. It doesn't feel good when you realize, okay, I've let my friendships go. I haven't been the type of friend I would want. And it's really hard. But if you do recognize that you're in that place, there's no better time and there's no better way to reallocate and invest your resources than to pay down debt in your relationships.
1: Yep, I love that. I'm thinking too, just like you kind of said things bubbling up in the background letting that grow even though you're kind of seeing issues you know growing in the background you're seeing problems you're seeing resentment building up and very oftentimes you know that's happening you can kind of feel it and you see it and how good does it feel after you kind of go and approach that problem and nip it in the butt and figure out ways to solve it so good i mean that's paying down debt right there of like solve the problems that could compound and literally blow up in like a few years and it'll free you to be able to do the higher value things.
0: And an important note here to point out is that in business or in finance, a lot of times debt can be negotiated down. So what you think you might have in terms of relationship debt, it might be way less than you think. There might be something you can do, you know, a weekend, a trip, one or two conversations. If you go all in and have those and be yourself and make yourself fully emotionally available to that person, to your friend, to your family member at that time, you might wipe out the relationship debt completely. This is the thing where in relationships, it's very hard to estimate just how much debt you have. And many of us, if you're empathetic and sensitive, you know, you might grossly overestimate just how much debt you have. Yep. It might not be nearly that much. I was
1: thinking about our conversation yesterday. Yeah. So Chad and I were having a deep conversation about, I mean, everything we just talked about of how to allocate our time and how to make things work better and how not to have, you know, work, work, work all the time. And I think you had actually kind of overestimated me being upset about something or kind of, you know, being resentful about how much time you have to spend on the yeah. mission stuff. And we talked about it. And I mean, it was probably a five minute conversation and you were like, oh, okay. Like I just need to do this. Or you just expect this from me. That's easy. And I mean, how long have you kind of been letting that be on your mind for, I don't know, it seems like you've been way, thinking about it a long time. Yeah. Just,
0: just way too long. And uh, you can't carry around a lot of debt in your, in your friends and your family relationships. Sometimes, yep. you know, it, sometimes it, it doesn't make sense to continue. We're not saying like you should always continue something and you always need to keep paying down debt when it's clear that somebody is, uh, when somebody is not keeping an accurate ledger, if somebody is unable to rationally deal with what you've done for each other, and if they're just way out in left field, maybe it's time to part ways. But in most cases, I would say in a huge amount of cases, the amount of relationship debt that you think you have, it's not even close to what you really have. Can be solved
1: very quickly. Yes. All right. On to the last one. Last one. Repurchasing stock.
0: That's right. So there's three different ways that you can traditionally repurchase stock in a business. You can tap internal cash flow to buy back shares. You can issue debt. So, basically, get a loan to buy back shares, or you can raise equity, which means somebody gives you X amount of dollars for X percentage of your business. And in your friends and in your family, familial relationships, I think that's how you say it, there are different ways to repurchase stock. So you have your cash flow right now that you can invest into the activities you do. You can take out a loan if a family member that you care about that you love needs to go to rehab, maybe you want to take out debt to get them get them to rehab. Maybe that's the extent to which you feel strongly about saving their life. And with the opioid epidemic and many things that are going on, yeah, there's just a lot of really tough stories that I've heard recently where You can't be afraid to issue debt if you're going to save someone's life. If you you really care about them, if you really love them, and if nobody else is going to do it, maybe you want to issue debt. And conversely, maybe you want to raise equity. So maybe that means you're going to form a partnership with that friend or family member. And that's a way that you can raise equity.
1: I love that. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I like thinking about how to take the cash you have today, reallocate it to bigger causes and figuring out what's going to have the biggest impact even if it means in the near term it actually kind of hurts a little bit maybe yes. on your financial ma- mainly your financials or your time if you're investing it somewhere i love the idea of just being okay with that for a short term it will knowing hurt that you can temporarily. Yeah, yeah have a huge compounding effect on helping someone else
0: definitely there's going to be short term pain associated with you know anytime you get ready to pull the trigger on a big financial investment like if it doesn't hurt, you know you might want to be double checking yourself and in your friends and family relationships, it can be the same. But I promise you, if you analyze these, if you think about how you're investing your time and your resources there, you will create thriving relationships that have the potential to last decades and where you can accomplish great things together. If you don't have this type of great things, those heroic achievements, you will not be able to look back and have satisfaction at your journey. And th- and that's the place you don't wanna be. You don't wanna be filled with regret. You want to look back and say, I don't know how you define friends or family, but I define friends and family by people I love and we do great things and great works together. And that's what I want for everyone listening.
1: Yes, so be the CEO of your life and look into those five essential choices for deploying capital, which are investing in existing operations, acquiring other businesses, issuing dividends, paying down debt, or repurchasing stock. So we hope you like this episode. And if you want more details, go check out the book that Chad loves, Outsiders. The outsiders. The outsiders. And we will see you on the next episode. We'll see
0: you tomorrow where we're talking about investing in your colleagues work and business. Yes. Or the business that you're a part of. Doesn't you don't have to own it. You can work for a business. That's okay. It's yep. a great it's a great thing to do. And we'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Mission.org is a media company with a daily newsletter, network of podcasts, and brand studio designed to accelerate learning. Head to mission.org to get award-winning podcasts like The Mission Daily, The Story, IT Visionaries, Education Trends, Marketing Trends, Future of Cities, and more. Mission Studios has worked with companies like Salesforce, Twilio, and Katera to create custom media channels that drive results. Make sure to subscribe to the mission's daily newsletter at mission.org.